like my dreams out of reach This pain and all this grief If you see God and you have to speak Tell him it's crazy in these streets Feel my pain and you're so Yo, I'm Pastor Phil Welcome to Church on the Block Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets With my great co-host, Pastor Jay And Ruck Boy On Holy Culture Radio, Sears XM Hey, 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 welcome back to Church on the Block Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets right here on Holy Culture Radio. So glad to have each of you back with us another hot Sunday morning as we are here once again. Guess what? It's your boy, Pastor Jay. Yep, yep. Pastor Phil and DJ Ruckus are still on the motherland, and they'll be back next week. Uh, Maybe they'll help me, you know, introduce next week's sermon but while it's just me y'all got to deal with your boy pastor jay just a little while longer um i'm so glad that y'all are joining us i hope that you have been enjoying these sermons uh that have been a part of uh the sermon series i'm doing at londell christian community church where our pastor where we're talking about celebrating 50 years of hip-hop and 45 years of loving god and loving people for the first two Sundays, you got to hear me kind of talk a little bit about, you know, the first week was in the beginning was the DJ. What happens when the creator is forgotten? And we just talked about the DJ as the creator of hip hop. And then God is the creator of the world and how we lose purpose when uh, we just disconnected from the creator and start putting other things in front of him. And then last week we talked about, man, the breaking as a uh, as a as a. Uh, a great element of hip hop, and uh, and last week we talked about David's story, and we just talked about man the b boy stance when the spirit makes you move, and I made this juxtaposition between the b boy standing on the wall waiting on the DJ to drop a track that would make them move and really hit the floor. They forget about everything else, and as an involuntary movement, they had to get down. They had to start popping and locking and breaking, and that we as people who love the Lord. Whenever we really think about how good God is, and God strikes a nerve in us, it should make us want to praise and, uh, and 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 move as well. So that's what we talked about. But boy, do I have a treat for y'all this week! When we first started off this show, we had our fourth host on the show. We had to take a hiatus because he was finishing uh, finishing a doctoral degree from North Park University. Hopefully, we can get him back on here. But you get to hear his voice today. It's my boy. Dr. Terrence Zaire Gadsden, a.k.a. DJ Rock On. Yes, my DJ and my brother from another mother. So he had the opportunity to preach on the third Sunday um, um, as we talked about this, this, this third element of hip-hop, which was MCing, and Terrence killed it. He talked about a kingdom state of mind, kind of juxtaposing Nas's New York state of mind with how we as Christians should have a kingdom state of mind. So, man, it's dope. He really hits all the points. I'm about to get out the way. Let's get into this next one with Dr. Terrence Zaire Gazden, a.k.a. DJ Rock on, talking about a kingdom state of mind right here. Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 154. This is Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church in the streets. I check y'all when we get back from this dope sermon. All right, y'all. Enjoy. Check one, two. Grace and peace, Lawndale. Good morning, Lawndale. <laughs> Man, thank you, DJ Dean Turns, 
Well, you know, no matter where I go, I'm always grateful to share God's word with God's people. But today, today, right here, I'm super grateful and super honored to be before you. Um, And shout outs to uh, Pastor Jay, your your pastor, for his leadership. Yes, yes. Um, Thankful for him inviting me here. I'm grateful that my wife, Angela, and my kids are here uh, joining us today. Word up. And I'm excited because uh, this is home. This is home. Lawndale is home. This, this is home. Um, and I'm grateful to be home. This is where I grew up as a young adult from age 21 to 36. This is where I, I learned how to do ministry and to learn how to do community development and to build relationships. And in this building, this very same building, 17 years ago, Angela and I were married right here. Many of you were there. A part of that, um, this building was the, was the building where our children celebrated their first birthday parties in this building. This is the building that many youth that, we, that I was working with, we played dodgeball in this building. There's so many memories and so many people. I, I call you family because you have been my family. You have been my village. And I'm so grateful um, to be with, before you today. And shout out to also Wayne, Coach Gordon, and Ann Gordon. Um, for their legacy and their, their, their ministry here in this community and, and bringing me here to, to Lawndale. Um, and I had the privilege of serving here for 12 years. You know, when Pastor Jay asked me to come, and he told me that, that you all were celebrating 45 years as a community, as a church, and also uh, 50 years of hip-hop. I said, yeah, just sign me up. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. I'm coming. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. Um, because... Hip-hop is not something that I do. I am hip-hop. I, I'm a part of the culture. And the reality is, and the truth, Lawndale, you are hip-hop. This church is hip-hop. And what I mean by that is that Lawndale didn't create the idea of church, right? But you remixed it. You said, you know, we don't want to be a church that's open on Sundays or Wednesdays, but we want to be a church that's open multiple days of the week, where children and people can come and do their homework and can have a warm meal and to have a safe place to play. That, that's hip-hop. Hip-hop is saying, you know what, you know what, it's not just enough to have your spiritual needs met. We want to we make sure that your, your health needs are met, too. So building a, a health center, right? And not just that, but just also a place to, to live. So development corporation. And not just that, a, a hope house where men can come in Y'all, that, that's hip-hop. That's remixing it. It's making something that was and, and, and remixing it and making it even doper. And today, we're talking about the, the MC. Now, you know I'm a DJ, but we flipped it. That's hip-hop. I want to talk about the, the MC. I think, Pastor Jay, you know a little bit about that, the, the, a little bit about the MC. The MC, as you all know, is short for Master of Ceremony. And we often write... MC as E-M-E-C-C. In hip-hop, MCing is the act of singing or rhythmically rhyming while DJ plays a beat. And the origins of hip-hop and MCing go way, way back before the 1970s to the African culture uh, and oral traditions. And, and we see MCing influenced even by Jamaican culture with the practice of toasting, giving shout-outs, and talking over music. 
And so today, I, I want to share with you one of my favorite MCs of all time, and that is Grammy award-winning Nazir Jones, also known as Nas. Many of you were, were at the United Center last week where Nas was here along with Wu-Tang and Common. Nas is from Queens. And today, I, we're going to dive in a little bit to his iconic, legendary album titled Illmatic that was released in April 19, 1994. And one of the songs on that album titled New York State of Mind. But the question that I want to propose to us today is, what does it mean for the people of God, those who've committed their life to Jesus Christ, to have a kingdom state of mind? What does it look like for you and I to have a kingdom state of mind? But before we dive into that, let's just pause for a moment and to go before God with a word of prayer. Let's pray. God, you are our creator, healer, and inspiration. We gather today as a community to worship you. We thank you, God, for creating the culture of hip-hop. And you are the one that created us. You are the one that calls us, the one who equips us, and the one who loves us without end. We say, Holy Spirit, be with us, inspire us, lead us in our time together as we hear from your word today. And we ask all these things in the wonderful name of Christ Jesus, our Lord, and all God's children said, amen. Well, many of you know, I grew up in a small suburb in New Jersey, similar in makeup to Oak Park, called Titton Falls on the Jersey Shore, approximately one hour and 26 minutes from the Bronx, New York the birthplace of hip-hop, music, and culture. My parents raised me and my three siblings up in the Christian church, in the black church, <laughs> learning scripture and, and being a part of a faith community. But I also was raised on hip-hop, R&B, and gospel. I grew up in the 90s, y'all. One of the most exciting times in hip-hop music and history and culture. Living on the East Coast in the 90s is something that I, 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 I will always remember. Some consider it the, being the golden era of hip-hop because there was so much new and formative things happening. Everything was fresh coming out, particularly in black music and culture, from TV shows, movies, fashion. And I was close to the action. I was close to where all this was happening. The five boroughs of New York, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, the Boogie Down Bronx, and Staten Island have produced some of the world's greatest hip-hop artists and R&B artists. In Queens alone, you have artists such as Run DMC, Roxanne Shante, LL Cool J, Mob Deep, Nicki Minaj, Cool G Rap, 50 Cent, So So and Peppers here, Lost Boys. Marley Mall, and many, many more. But in 1994, a young emergent MC from Queens by the name of Niles released an album that would change the landscape of hip-hop music. Illmatic is still considered to be one of the best and most influential hip-hop albums of all times. You see, Nas is a storyteller. If Nas was a preacher he would be considered a narrative preacher. You know, one thing that we all have in common, no matter what your background is, your, your faith tradition, your journey, 
One thing that we all have in common is that we all have a story. We all have a story. And when we share our stories with each other, we learn and we grow with each other. We're able to connect with each other. We're able to have empathy and learning and unlearning when we hear and connect with each other's stories. There's certain things that I can relate to with Nas. As, as a young teenager, when I heard Nas, I can relate to being a young black boy, being racially profiled by police. I, I can relate to that. I can relate to Nas when he was not interested in school because a teacher wasn't teaching about his culture, his history, and it was very Eurocentric. I can relate to that. But there's certain things I, I can't relate to Nas' story. I don't know what it means and feels like to be, to be raised by a single black mother. I don't know what it means to, to or feel to have someone, like my close friend, to be murdered in front of me. I, I, I can't relate to that. But when I hear his story, I connect. I understand where he's coming from. And throughout his album, Nas tells a story about life and his experience in li- living in Queens. And particularly in Queensbridge housing projects. One of the largest housing projects in the world. In the words of another legendary MC, Chuck D from the group Public Enemy, Nas becomes the CNN of the streets. You see, you got to put it in context. In 93, 94, there was no social media. There was no iTunes. There was no Spotify. And so the way that we got information was through a CD, a tape, or a record. And so Nas is sharing his story. And what he's doing, y'all, he's disrupting America's dominant ideology of race, using his music to challenge colorblindness in America's racial politics. He's saying, yo, there's two Americas that I live in. I live in a, the, uh, with the America of the haves and the have-nots. And I'm not treated always the same. And so he's articulating that through his story. One of the tracks on Illmatic is called New York State of Mind. And what Nas does, he uses imagery skills to paint a picture of a city. And he shows the struggles of living in an urban area struck by violence, crime, and poverty. In New York State of Mind, Nas represents a critical view of New York, and particularly Queens. You see, he does not always agree with the thug lifestyle that has become popular in his hometown, but he's extremely aware of his surroundings and how dangerous it is to live where he lives. He says, in a New York State of Mind, one must be extremely aware and cautious of the dangers that exist all around him. He says in one verse, I never sleep because sleep is a cousin of death. It's a metaphor that Nas uses to show that he's always alert so he will not be easily a target to be robbed or even killed. He's intentionally alert at what's happening around him. And he's observing everyone who's coming from and to him, both good and bad. He's, he's alert. In many ways, the New York state of mind is also to represent an empire state of mind or an empire complex or way of thinking. And what I mean by that is that Nas is representing this hip-hop subculture. He's living in this hip-hop subculture, but he's also living in the American dominant culture. And in our American dominant culture, 
we see and experience the American empire dynamics. The American empire dynamics are what? Individualism, consumerism, cynicism, the the feeling of, of distrust or that something isn't going to work out well, exploitation, the action of treating someone unfairly in order to benefit from their work, hostility, vengeance, violence, and militarism. So these are the things that are happening around Nas's environment that he is experiencing and he sees that's going on. He's rapping about it and he calls it a New York state of mind. So as we, the people of God, are living in this time in an empire complex, what does it mean for you and I, the people of God, to have a new a kingdom state of mind? Yeah. What a dope question. The question is, what does it mean for us as the people of God to have a kingdom state of mind? Oh, uh, I love just the picture he's painting of, you know, how Nas is really dissecting the culture of of New York at the time and um, and trying to understand as a youngster in that in Queensbridge, like what it means to live where he lives and what his real experiences are. Um, and I think Terrence does a great job of like really helping us realize that we ought to be aware of our surroundings and be a, uh, aware of what's going on in, in the context around us in our neighborhoods and our families and our schools and, uh, you know, on our blocks uh, and, and be aware uh, and then bring in a new state of mind with that. So, yo, we just getting started. We're coming back. DJ Rock On is going to give us part two of this sermon as we keep talking about a kingdom state of mind right here. You listening to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip hop, the church in the streets right here on Holy Culture Radio. Sirius XM, don't you touch that dial because the question becomes now, what do we do with a kingdom state of mind? All right, y'all. Devos and more. Stay connected. Get the app now so you don't miss a thing. Visit holyculture.net. All right, all right. Welcome back to Church on the Block, Serious XM. You know what we're talking about. It's real talk about hip hop, the church, and the streets. It's your boy, Pastor Jay, still filling in for Pastor Phil and DJ Ruckus. But boy, we have a treat. We just heard part one of this dope sermon from Dr. Terrence Zaire Gadsden, a.k.a. DJ Rock On, talking about the kingdom state of mind. And he dropped some jewels and nuggets about Nas's uh, description of uh, what's going on in Queensbridge as he's writing one of the most classic hip-hop albums of all time called Illmatic. Um, and he got this joint on there, New York State of Mind. As we uh, continue talking about part two, he posed a question, what does it mean for us to have a kingdom state of mind? And so we're going to jump right into hearing him kind of explain this kingdom state of mind and how we as believers who find ourselves, you know, in the empire and having to deal with kind of like the American idealism and ways that America works, but yet we are supposed to represent the king of kings in the midst of our everyday lives. So, Let's jump back into this thing. Let's hear what Dr. Terrence Zaire Gaston has to say to us about the kingdom state of mind. All right. See y'all on the other side of this. Talk to you soon. 
What does it mean to have a kingdom state of mind? Well, first, we have to understand that a kingdom implies a king, a rule, a people, a land, a law. And Jesus reveals to his followers that he is the king, y'all. And he shares the will of God for the kingdom people who want to live in the kingdom. In the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew spends a lot of time talking about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. He mentions the word kingdom over 50 times in the gospel and how Jesus was and is the true king of the Jews and the Messiah. However, Jesus was not the type of king that the Jews had been accustomed to or expected him to be. You see, they they were looking for a particular type of king. They were looking for a warrior prince type king. Someone like King David, mighty in battle. And throughout the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew aims to show that all the prophecies, especially that we see in the Old Testament, pointed to Jesus as the Messiah. And that if they did not recognize him, it was because they were looking for the wrong things. The emphasis on the kingship of Christ is echoed all through over the Gospel of Matthew. And Matthew repeatedly uses the phrase, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. This is the new Israel, a kingdom not of earthly location, but carried everywhere in the hearts of all believers. Wherever two or three are gathered for prayer, Christ would be with them and the kingdom would burst into life. You see, Matthew is not a, it's not a narrow gospel. This kingdom is, is open to all people from all nations. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus uses his MC skills, y'all, as he preaches the Sermon on the Mount. I I don't know about you, but Jesus is the coldest MC that ever walked the earth. Like, Like, for real, he's the coldest MC that ever walked the earth. I mean, from chapters 5 to 7, Jesus is rapping what I call eternal rhymes. I mean, have you heard some of his title tracks? I mean, his... Eternal hits are such as salt and light, the law, murder, adultery, divorce, oaths, an eye for an eye, love for your enemies and haters, giving to the needy, and prayer, treasures in heaven, don't worry, like, Go through the gospel of of Matthew. Go to chapter 6. You see that these are the bars that Jesus is spitting. And the teachings on the Sermon on the Mount are often referred to as ethics of the kingdom. They place a high value of the emphasis on purity of the heart and embody the basic standard of, of Christian righteousness. The Sermon on the Mount teaches us that God's children are those who act like God. God's children are those who act like God. And the kingdom of heaven was the central theme of Jesus' preaching ministry. By the kingdom of heaven, Jesus meant a particular level of human consciousness, not just a place to which Christians are destined after death. The kingdom of heaven that Jesus talks about is this upside-down kingdom. The Sermon on the Mount, in the Sermon on the Mount, we see that the poor are who who are blessed. And the humble who will receive the award. 
This kingdom that he talks about, it doesn't involve violence to fight its enemies, but forgiveness. It's a kingdom intended not for the powerful and the rich, but for the poor and the outcasts and those on the margins who have no other supporter than God. You see, normal earthly empires and kings, they tell their citizens that safety, got to have safety and satisfaction as a result when you have possessions of money, power, respect, which you need in life. <laughs> right, right? We were told that money, power, respect, or getting that bag. Yo, you got to get that bag. I got to get that bag. Once you get that bag, you'll be okay. See, that, that's an that's a earthly empire. An earthly kingdom says, yo, you got to have these possessions in order to be satisfied, in order to be whole. But Jesus, the king of God's kingdom, tells us that safety and satisfaction result when we love God and others as we love ourselves. From Matthew 6, 19, all the way to Matthew 7, 28, there, there's a theme, y'all, a constant theme of trusting in God, trusting in God, trusting in God, trust God and rely on God for his provisions. We are encouraged not to store up these earthly treasures and riches on earth, not to worry about the future to the point where we're so anxious and have so much anxiety and we're often, we're also called to refrain from self-righteous judgment and to go to God for all our needs. The verse that was read earlier by Sister Worthy, Matthew 6.33, is a verse that many of us are familiar with. Many years ago, it was our year verse here at Lawndale. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. When we look at that text to seek means, means to, to search, to go after. How many of y'all remember playing hide and seek? And if you were the seeker, you had to go after that person. Where they at? Where they at? Where they at? Where they at? Right? And you had to find that person. And when you found that person, whew, now you it, right? It's the same concept, seeking, going after the kingdom. To have a kingdom state of mind, we first have to become kingdom people. We have to become kingdom people. Notice I didn't say church people. I didn't say church people. I said kingdom people. There's a big difference. Well, we'll come back to that in a second. We have to be kingdom people that seek after God's kingdom. Seeking first the kingdom means pouring your life into being an aid, the agency through which the community experiences God's care led by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. Seeking first the kingdom means pouring your life into being the agency through which the community experiences God's wise care, led by the Holy Spirit. Yo, we got to be led by the Holy Spirit. We, we can't do this thing alone. We can't be walking alone and trying to, we need the Holy Spirit to anchor us, to lead us, to, to guide us as we seek the kingdom. Seeking God's kingdom and reign is something that we do in community. We do it together. When we prioritize seeking God's kingdom and reign in our lives and in the communities that we live in, transformation takes place. This community has seen transformation. And we will continue to see transformation as long as we put our trust in Christ. 
You see, the transformational work happens because of God. Yo, yo, we can encourage, we can inspire, but we got to remember that the transformational work is from God. God transforms. God does the work. We don't save nobody. We don't change nobody. God does the transformational work. And so many people have gotten it twisted. It's God's work. God does the transformational work. The kingdom of God. The text also says, in his righteousness. In his righteousness. Can you say righteousness? Five times when Jesus is preaching on the mic, the Sermon on the Mount, he, he, focused on, he focuses on righteousness. Disciples' lives, you and our lives, should prioritize God's kingdom and his righteousness above clothing, money, food, and possessions. The Greek word translated righteousness has to do with lifestyle and relationships set right with God, family, neighbor, and even our enemies. So, so when we're living a righteous life, when we talk about righteousness, things are made right in our lives through the work of the Holy Spirit. So even our enemies, even our families, all that is, is, is God's work when we're seeking righteousness. And he says, seek first these things in my kingdom and all these other things will be added unto you. All these things. You see, the tension that we often feel when Jesus says, seek the kingdom, is related to the fact that the kingdom is not fully here yet. The, the kingdom is not fully here yet. We know that he is the king. He's on the throne, but not everyone realizes that yet. And so that, that's why when we pray, when he, remember when he taught his disciples how to pray in Matthew 6.10, that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's already happening in heaven. And what we're trying to do is bring God's kingdom down here. We're trying to represent God's kingdom down here as it already is popping off in heaven. We're trying to bring it down here. And so the tension lies when we're like, yo, I, I, I don't see the fullness of God's kingdom because it's not here yet. But, but it's happening. And that's what we have to remember. And I have to remember that it's not about us. It's about trusting the Holy Spirit. This is a daily prayer that we must pray. God, your kingdom come on earth as it is already in heaven. In order for us to be kingdom people and have a kingdom state of mind, we must realize that kingdom people can't try to, to fit the kingdom into our little church box. We can't fit the kingdom into our little, our little church box that we have. And when we do that, we create church people instead of kingdom people. When we do that, we, we have these church people that that's irrelevant, that that doesn't make sense, that, that that's not making an impact. Church people put God in the box with a reduced ministry vision and can't see past church-bound categories such as ushering and, and choir and, and greeting and, and children's workers. All those are great, but that, it's more to it than that. Kingdom people have vision to think, to dream, to act outside the box. The reason why, one of the reasons why that Pastor Jay is going on this, this series about hip-hop, because he has a kingdom mind state. He's a kingdom person. He understands that hip-hop is the global currency. 
Hip-hop is the global currency. What I mean by that is that, and I'm not trying to champion you to like hip-hop. No, 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 no. I want you to understand that, first of all, God created it. And it's happening all around us. So you can go from New York, Chicago, L.A., you can go to South Africa, you can go to anywhere in the world, and you see and you experience hip-hop. I have a student at North Park. He, he, he was born in Korea, raised in Chile, and now he's in college in the United States. His name was Pablo. He's one of my students. I'm teaching him how to DJ. And I would say, yo, Pablo, tell me how, how, how life is. Why, why do you love hip-hop so much? He's like, it's all over. It's in South Korea. It's in Chile. It, 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 he, he says, yo, there's a, there's a Korean artist that did a cut with J. Cole. Let me let you hear it. I said, whoa, I know J. Cole. I don't know this guy. And he was flowing. I was like, yo, hip-hop is everywhere. Hip-hop is everywhere. And we have to understand that it's the global currency. And so we have to understand what does it mean and how, how, how is this part of God's plan. Well, peace, love, unity are the God-honoring elements that are found in hip-hop. And so when we understand the culture, we can understand, oh, it's not the hip-hop that I see and hear on the radio. It's not the exploitation and all the thuggery. That, that, oh, that, oh, that's not hip-hop. That's, that, oh, that's corporate hip-hop. Oh, okay, I see. I, oh, okay, so, oh, that's, oh, you know what? That, so when we understand Yo, hip-hop is not about exploiting people. It's about uplifting people. Peace, love, unity, community, having fun. That's what it's about. And so that's why, one of the reasons why Pastor Jay is is bringing in hip-hop. My father is 83, and he's like, that hippity-hop-hop, I I don't understand it. I I don't like it. But when you do it, I, I can appreciate it. When you do that little stuff that you do all there, I know God is doing, you're doing something with God in it. I say, all right, all right, all right Pops, just stick with me. Stick with me. Just listen to me. Yeah, I think uh, we can all relate to uh, Terrence on that one. You know, our parents either not understanding, you know, what we do or the culture we represent, but also, um, them being excited when they see that it can be used for the Lord in ways that maybe they didn't expect. Um, but man, it, it is so dope to hear this juxtaposition of like what it means to have a kingdom state of mind versus just a, a New York or as now it's called a carnal state of mind, like just accepting things the way they are. No, we serve a king who says that things don't have to be the way they've always been. As a matter of fact, I'm expecting you to live counterculturally to the way that things always have been. So, yo, I hope that you are getting this kingdom state of mind. We're going to come back in a little bit and listen to uh, Dr. Gadsden, a.k.a. DJ Rock, going drop the last part of this sermon. Once again, you listening to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church in the streets, right here on Sirius XM Holy Culture Radio. See you in a second. Holy Culture Radio is operated by the CoreLink Solution, a 501c ministry dedicated to empowering people to reach their potential. If you feel led to contribute to this mission, visit www.holyculture.net slash donations. Welcome back to Church on the Block. 
Real talk about hip-hop, the church in the streets. It's your boy, Pastor Jay, right here on Holy Culture Radio, Channel 154, Sirius XM. We are getting into the last part of this sermon as we are in the third part of this series called uh, Celebrating 50 Years of Hip-Hop and 45 Years of Loving God, Loving People uh, at the church where I pastor, Lawndale Christian Community Church. Today, we are hearing from our boy, Dr. Terrence Zaire Gadsden, a.k.a. DJ Rock On, as he shares about the kingdom state of mind. So he's about to close this thing out, just really dropping some nuggets about what it means to be kingdom people and what it means to have that kingdom state of mind. Man, after you get done, we'll come back, talk a little bit more about it, drop some bars, and then we'll be out this thing until next week when I got a surprise for you. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. We're about to jump back into this thing. Don't touch that dial. Get right back into it with the last piece of the kingdom state of mind right here on Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM Channel 154, Church on the Block. Kingdom people. Kingdom people have vision. They dream outside the box. They want to see people meet Christ. They're willing to meet people wherever they are in life. Kingdom people want to help people who have experienced wounds, deep wounds, in their neighborhood, in their workplace, in their community. Kingdom people ain't about gossiping, judging others. That's not what kingdom people are about. They seek healthy relationships, peace, the shalom of God, and reconciliation. That's what kingdom people are about. They, they want to help those who are orphans, the widows, those who are seeking asylum, those who are struggling with, with depression, addictions, oppression, anxiety, those who are struggling with their marriages and relationships, and those who are just struggling in general with life. Because kingdom people know that in order for me to thrive and flourish, you got to be thriving and flourish. Kingdom people understand, yo, 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 in order for me to thrive and flourish, you got to thrive and flourish. And when I see you, I see myself, I see God's child. And so you must thrive and flourish if I must thrive and flourish. See, that's kingdom people. Church people. Church people see the gospel in terms of good news only about the afterlife. It's about how can I get saved so that I can go to heaven? How can I get saved so I can go to heaven and mind my relationship and this and that and mine? It's all about me. That's, that's church, folks. Not about life in the here and now. Kingdom people see the gospel in terms of good news for all people. Kingdom people see that life is about life in God, God's people, and with God both now and forever. How about now, right? The here and now. Church people, they argue which carpet is going to be in the fellowship hall. Church people complain about why these young people out here hanging out with their pants sagging all the way to the ground and they do, and they just, they just out here loud cursing versus kingdom people like, yo, I'm concerned with the million plus young people who are leaving the church and saying the church is irrelevant. So let's bring them in. Let's meet them. Let's understand who they are. Let's introduce and get their names and let's build some community with them. That's kingdom people. They understand, kingdom people understand that discipleship is not a destination, but it's the journey. 
It's the journey. It's the life journey that we're going to walk together as a community. That's what kingdom people understand. Kingdom people know that the, the kingdom is not a means to a bigger church. The church is a means to demonstrate the kingdom of God. Kingdom people are not about having a bigger church and getting more and more. No, no, no. We want community. We want people to experience God. But we want them to experience the, the, the kingdom of God. And so, yo, we got to change the way we think. We, we got to change the way we think. In order to have a kingdom state of mind, we got to change the way we think. Instead of having this American empire dynamics of individualism, we need to strive for community. Instead of this, this, this idea of, of consumerism, we need to be grateful and have gratitude for what we got. Instead of cynicism, we need to have hope and a hope in God that God's going to change things on his time. Instead of exploitation, we need to display dignity in our own lives and the dignity of others. Instead of hostility, we need to show hospitality. Opening up our homes, opening up our communities for people who are God's children. Hospitality. Instead of vengeance, we need to choose forgiveness. Yo, I forgive you because God has forgiven me. And I need to extend that same forgiveness to my brother or my sister, my those in my community. Instead of violence, we need to seek, seek out peace. Instead of militarism, we need to choose nonviolence. You see, that's the kingdom, y'all. Community, gratitude, hope, dignity, hospitality, forgiveness, peace, nonviolence. That's the kingdom of God. And we're called to have a kingdom state of mind, to think on those things, to embody those things each and every day. Not with your own power, not with your own strength, your own intellect, but through the Holy Spirit, the power of God that's challenging you, that's provoking you to move in ways that you don't even know why you're moving, how you're moving, how do I do that? It's God in you. That's the kingdom. And we didn't have a kingdom state of mind. And like Nas as he talks about being alert to what's happening, kingdom people, we got to be alert to what's happening. We have to be intentionally alert to what's happening, what we see in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our schools. We have to be intentionally alert and be able to, to be open for God to use you. Today, Jesus Christ lives and reigns in our hearts. He lives in the lives of all believers. And Londale, remember this, God's got us. Yo, God's got us. We are safe. And we are love. Because we're in the presence of God. All the fragmented and corrupted ways we use to satisfy our deepest needs will, will come to an end as Jesus renews heaven and earth. Jesus is bringing life as we would imagine it in the Garden of Eden. Peace without threats. Filled with adventure and generous love. The biblical story shapes our understanding of this Eden-like life to come. Imagining a world of abundance and freedom. And freedom from any type of kind of threat. Yo, Lawndale. Jesus calls those who believe to trust him, to follow him, and to be a witness to new kingdom realities. 
for all people to have a kingdom state of mind. Let us pray. Father in heaven, God, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your people, your community. God, would you meet us where we are today, wherever we are in our relationship with you. God, it's our desire that we would be kingdom people, not church people, kingdom people that trust you with our hearts, that trust you with all that we have. God, I pray that you would continue to pour your love, your Holy Spirit into this community and those who are or from other communities. God, we can't do this life without you. We can't do the work without you, God. We need your Holy Spirit. So God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill us, guide us, so that we can have a kingdom state of mind, that we can live out and embody your love, your grace, your kindness, your peace, your justice each and every day. And God, help us remember that you do the transformational work. Even when we don't see it, you are working. You do the transformational work. You call us to encourage. You call us to, to inspire. But help us to remember that you do the transformational work. And God, we will make sure that we will give you all the props, all the glory, all the honor that you deserve. As our king, we ask these and all these things in Christ Jesus' name and all God's children said, amen. Amen. So hopefully that was inspirational for you. Um, I think Terrence really made it clear uh, that we as kingdom people have to live with a kingdom state of mind, that we're countercultural, that when and the world says down, then we go up. When the world says left, then we go right. If, if, if there's a state of mind for what it means to live in society regularly, then we as kingdom people have to live uh, counterculturally. Um, thank you for the, those words. Thank you for the way that you uh, use Matthew as an example uh, of what Jesus says to us about living kingdom lives. You know, Matthew 6.33 is clear. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other stuff. All these things will be added unto us. And so it's real clear. Um, Y'all, I hope you have been enjoying this sermon series. I promise you. Uh, it has been a blessing to me. It has been enlightening to our congregation. Uh, and for those of us who are listeners on here, man, we're probably already hip hop heads and and uh, and really all in on hip hop culture uh, and how it can be used to glorify God. But maybe there's somebody in your family that, you know, doesn't understand, you know, you rap for Jesus or like you a DJ for Christians. Like what? You do graffiti art for, for the Lord. Like that doesn't make any sense. How you, how you, uh, uh, out here break dancing and, and repping Jesus. That doesn't make any sense, man. Um, look, these are not just radio shows. We also have a podcast, uh, church on the block, anywhere you pick up your podcast, you can find all of these great shows that we've done over the past year or so, as well as um, some of these later ones that we've been doing recently. And so, man, if you want to bless somebody and help them understand uh, hip-hop culture and how it can be submitted to the Lord and how people can walk with God through the culture that he created, then I would encourage you to share this. Share this with somebody so that they, too, can understand that, you know, 
we're not just celebrating 50 years of hip-hop, but we critiquing the culture and the spaces where it needs to be critiqued. You know what I mean? And we just want to represent the Lord fully. All right, y'all. Um, I appreciate you, man. I'm about to take a few minutes and drop some more bars. And y'all know I'm not Pastor Phil, so I don't have all the great stories, but my bars are my bars. So I'm going to drop the bars from this song I did with my group Outworld back in the day. It's called We The Church. And it was just an explanation of like why we're excited to be a part of the church as Christians. We don't want to be separated out as hip hoppers. Like we are part of the church because we recognize how important it is. And I think it goes well with just Terrence dropping that. Let's have that kingdom state of mind. So here's we the church. Uh, here's a verse from that. Yo, dropping the bars. We the church, we the church. But what does that really mean? It means we're blood bought, redeemed and made clean. Like Vaseline on black faces in midwinter, we shine because of grace and mercy towards sinners. And more sinners are welcome to the Lord's dinners. If Zacchaeus can eat, then homie, you eat with us. See, millions have come. There's still room for one. And we're on one accord like Hondas, a string strummed. In perfect harmony, now like beautiful music. I hope you use the gift, man. It's you God's choosing. Losing the gift is not an option. It's proven that we're more secure than being locked in the room is. Since he died and beat the tomb, we're the bride and he's the groom. Plus, our bride has been consumed by the God who's coming soon. That's why we rep hard. We stand on one accord. The church, yeah, the church, boy, we rep one Lord. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say that last piece again just so you hear it. Since he died and beat the tomb, we're the bride and he's the groom. Plus, our pride has been consumed by the God who's coming soon. That's why we rep hard. We stand on one accord. The church, yeah, the church, boy, we rep one Lord. Yeah, we the church. Appreciate y'all listening in. We'll be back next week. Continuing this series, celebrating 50 years of hip-hop, 45 years of loving God, loving people, right here on Church on the Block, real talk about hip-hop, the church in the streets, Sirius XM, Channel 154. We out. It's your boy, Pastor Jay. Talk to y'all next week. Thank you for listening to Church on the Block, real talk about hip-hop, the church in the streets. We're back here, same time, same day, next week. Come with us. Tell them it's crazy in these streets. Tell them it's crazy in these streets.